0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. There was this
1: narrative in the media of a Black marriage crisis. Suggesting that Black people were getting married and staying married less than that of the majority. It was all very heavy and damaging just to read these headlines. And so... I just wanted to create a place where Black love stories live so that no one could ever say it wasn't possible, so that we don't live in the darkness and the negative, we live in the examples and the inspiration.
2: I thought it was a really good idea. It was something that made sense, but we hadn't seen before.
0: Cody and Tommy Oliver met, got engaged, got married, made some babies, and created a blockbuster television show. All in the time, most couples start leaving a toothbrush at one another's apartments. Their show, Black Love, is about to start its fourth season on OWN. If you haven't watched it yet, it's a beautiful docuseries that shatters stereotypes and showcases incredible love stories. Creating something from scratch is never easy, but it can be even more challenging when you're doing it with your partner.
2: I thought we would work better together than we ultimately did. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I probably
1: think that too. When we met, we certainly saw things in each other that like we wanted to work together, we wanted to build together. The cons are that we have very different styles of communicating, of working, and it's and it's huge, like a huge chasm between us in terms of communication and, and work
0: ethic, probably.
2: I'm not commenting on that.
0: I'm Joe Piazza. This is committed. Back in the fall of 2013, Cody was working at the Toronto Film Festival. Tommy was there promoting his film Second Chances. One day they just kept running into each other. And I was like, "Mm, okay, kind of cute.
1: And he paid me no attention. We spoke briefly, you know, just kind of introduced myself like professionally, but we spoke very briefly and then ran into each other two more times that day. I thought he was cute. I knew he had a film in the festival. I did a little Google just to make sure he was like a human of substance. So by the time I saw him at night that same day, my crush was pretty much fueled by the fact that he I knew he had gone to Carnegie Mellon and studied business and digital media in addition to being a filmmaker at the Toronto Film Festival. And I was like, oh, OK, he got some brains. And so we run into each other and I asked him how long he'd be at the festival. And he said, we'll be here till Saturday. And I said, well, we'll be here until Wednesday night. But we don't work on Wednesday during the day in case you wanted to like chat. And he goes, are you hitting on me? To which I was mortified. (laughs) And literally someone comes up like right at that moment. And they're like, Tommy, I need you to come over here and do this and talk to this person. And he says to me, don't move. And I was like, okay. And then as soon as he walked away, I disappeared. And um, that was that for me.
2: (laughs) And after I was done with that conversation, I tried to find her.
1: In this giant
2: party. In this giant party. And so she was on another side of the party and I found her and we wound up talking until three in the morning. And then we talked until five in the morning the next night.
1: Tommy had just released a semi-autobiographical film, which I had not seen, but that's what was playing at TIFF. And so, but I Googled. So we talked a lot about that, you know, like what's true? What's not true? Did this really happen? What else did we talk about? We talked about like family. We talked about
2: desires. We talked about where we were in our life and what we wanted. We talked about a bunch of serious things pretty early on. That Wednesday, we did have lunch. And then I got back to L.A. about a week after that. And we hung out that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And at that point, I called about five people and said, unless something goes terribly wrong, I'm marrying this woman.
0: But they started working together even before they got married. See, Cody had this idea for a show. She had the idea even before she met Tommy. It was called
1: Black Love. As a single Black woman in grad school with divorced parents, when people say... If your parents are divorced, you're more likely to get divorced. The more degrees a black woman has, the less likely she is to get married. And there was this narrative in the media of a black marriage crisis, meaning or suggesting that black people were getting married and staying married less than that of the majority. It was all very like heavy and damaging just to read these headlines. Right. You start to dig into articles and you learn a lot more about the factors that play into marriage, like socioeconomic status, for example. But the headlines themselves were damaging. And I already lived in L.A. where it's hard to find someone, but not impossible. And so I just wanted to create a place where black love stories live so that no one could ever say it wasn't possible, so that we don't live in the darkness and the negative. We live in the examples and the inspiration. And when I met Tommy, I told him about it. And right away, he was down. And he has a lot of talents besides being a director and producer and writer that he could bring to creating a documentary docu-series, which is he's a cinematographer, he's extremely technical and understands lighting and sound and how all these things play together and how to best execute on set with a small footprint, which is just the two of us.
2: I thought it was a, a really good idea. It was something that made sense, but we hadn't seen before. And the examples that we had were mostly fictional. There were shows like The Cosby Show and a movie or two that we looked to,
0: but we didn't actually see us in that way. They decided they wanted to make the whole thing on their own before they even started shopping it around to networks. They had cameras on loan from Canon, and they were all set up to do the interviews.
1: We met in 2013, September 2013, and by one year later, while we were engaged, we were working together on a movie and also shooting Black Love. And so how has that been? Like highs and lows. Very interesting, but positive experience overall.
0: Did you guys think that you would work well together in the beginning? Did we think that then? Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Did you think that?
2: I thought we would work better together than we ultimately did.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I probably think that too. When we met, we certainly saw things in each other that like we wanted to work together. We wanted to build together. I would say our desire to build together was probably the strongest thing going for us working together. So we kind of went in blind.
2: No, we went in with rose colored glasses, as my grandmother likes to say.
1: Okay, that's true. And so working together has had lots of pros, right? Like that we are building together and that we are getting to see each other in these different environments and, and learn a lot from each other. But, the but she cons, doesn't like working with me. The cons are that we have very different styles of communicating, of working, and it's, and it's huge, like a huge chasm between us in terms of communication and, and work ethic, probably.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Silence. Right.
2: I'm not commenting on that.
0: <laughs> yeah but they kept going they did the interviews the production the editing and then they got engaged on tommy's birthday just 6 months after they met and married 11 months after that
1: the wedding uh, the, february 2015 the wedding was
2: lovely in the Costa wedding Rica. planning was not
1: that's so funny i don't remember it that way you because i talk gave about in this.
2: It was. was,
1: Maybe that's why I was so unhappy for you because you gave in. But see, that's the thing.
2: I think it's one of the dangerous things where people go into things with expectations, and expectations are one of the most dangerous things in marriages. And so it's this idea that because I'm the man, that I shouldn't have.
1: You're saying that was my expectation or your expectation? Your expectation that you should have a lot of input was
2: that I shouldn't have a lot of input. That it's the the woman who's making decisions, and so. As my wife has come to know, I have an opinion about everything.
1: But maybe and, your expectation that you should have a lot of input in your wedding is the expectation that needed to shift.
2: Now. Do you understand the hypocrisy in that? <laughs> no, I don't.
1: It's a wedding. Now, but I really, truly don't feel like, I really don't remember issues. Like major issues. It yes, was, we it was hard. No. Man, no. There tell were, a story. Give me an example There were plenty
2: here. of times where we just disagreed. And she did not want to give in. Like and what? there was no compromise to be had. Like what? From decor to mm-hmm. just so many, so many things. And so ultimately, the only thing that I could do was just give up.
1: You know, this could be a very long conversation because you insisted on us having a wedding because you felt that I wanted it. I said I didn't need a wedding. I thought we should save our money. And you were like, I feel like you'll look back and regret not having a wedding. And now you're like, but the input.
2: So even if (laughs) even if that were the case, which is true or at least partially true, Mm -hmm. what does that have to do with me having a say or not in said wedding?
1: No, I didn't say you shouldn't have. I don't think I ever said you should not have a say. You
2: didn't say it. It was just the way that it happened in practice. Man,
1: okay. After this is over, I'd like examples. Receipts, (laughs) please. Because I really don't know what you're talking about.
2: You know what? That's for all the better. I'm glad you look back on it fondly. And the wedding was absolutely lovely. The process was hard.
0: For him. Time for a quick break. Be right back. Hey, guys. Joe here. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So Cody and Tommy did all the production for Black Love Themselves. They took a big risk. But ultimately, it meant that they kept more ownership and more control over the project. And as two creative people, that was important to both of them.
2: I'm a big proponent of betting on oneself. And for us, the idea of being able to do that in this situation because we believed in it. We knew the the potential for it was substantial. And so it was something that we were willing to, to bet on and try our best to make happen. I firmly believe that had we tried to pitch it, we wouldn't be sitting there talking about it right now because it wouldn't exist. And so what we wound up doing was just shooting it. And Cody and I shot about 40 or so interviews on our own. And from that, we cut the first episode, we cut a sizzle, and we wrote a treatment for it. And then we went out to networks. But it was only at that point after we had something to show and not just an idea.
0: And how did networks receive it? They liked it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they, they liked it a lot. And um the place that always made the most sense for Cody before we ever went out was on. She thought that they were
0: the exact right home. OWN, for those of you who don't know, is Oprah's television network.
2: And to OWN's credit, the second they saw it, they were super excited and they wanted to make it work. And because that was the place that she wanted and we wanted, they were excited. We figured out how to make it work there.
1: OWN picks it up or licenses it in 2016. It airs for the first time in 2017. Season two is 2018. We launched blacklove.com in 2018. Next seasons are 2019, 2020. So that's the first five years of our marriage. And going backwards, 2015, got married. End of 2015, pregnant. 2016, so the same time Owen is picking up the show, we're literally having our first child. You know, a year later when we're doing season two, no, when the show premieres, our kid is one and a couple months later, we're pregnant. It's twins.
2: I tried for two. She <laughs> tried for three. That's true. <laughs> she, she wanted three. And I told her that the only way we'd have three is if she had twins. And then she had twins.
1: So the first couple years of our marriage was not just working together and learning what that feels like in practice and growing companies and projects but also growing our family and stretching our marriage in all the ways that growing your family does.
0: You guys are such overachievers.
1: Try <laughs> to back <laughs> then, you know? How did
0: kids change your marriage?
1: Well, I think it's funny because like I said, we were barely married when we had kids. So it's, it's hard. Like, I feel like we're in a like, new stage now that the kids are here they're all like walking and talking ish and so we're able to kind of focus on each other in ways that we haven't been when they were so reliant on us so how did kids change our marriage I mean I think it immediately shifted our focuses I say it instead of focus because it wasn't like a unified focus (laughs) it shifted our individual focus in ways that we weren't Prepared for or informed about yet. Like now it all makes sense, like looking back and talking to so many couples. But I think that we, our needs became very individual. Like I need certain things as a postpartum mom and he needs certain things as a new dad whose wife's not paying them any attention. And, um, and then the kids need us. And so it just, I think, bifurcated our attention and then also... It just stretched us as individuals to be like, wait, what do I, what do I need and what am I able to give? But you might have a different answer.
2: I agree with all that. And I'd add that for me, it was a very tough transition specifically because there was an expectation that I would be perfectly okay being pushed so far down the queue. Why the face?
1: I, I agree with that, but go ahead.
2: It wasn't. What, it was It wasn't on, conscious. You're
1: speaking on my expectation. I know. I don't. Not- I
2: don't think it was conscious as much as it was just life. So our kids need to be fed. They need to be taken care of, and there's nobody else who's going to do it but us. And so that obviously can't not happen. We have a business that requires a ton of attention, and so that needs to be tended to. And you'll be okay. It's like, I, I love you. I care about you and I'll get to you at some point. And it's like, this won't always be the case. And while that may be true, it was hard at the time because I still wanted more of my wife at that point than was possible. And and so that was probably the the hardest part. And we've talked about it and we're doing better with it currently, but it was a big transition that was difficult.
0: Lately, I've been fascinated by the daily schedules of other parents. I think this is because I want to learn their tricks, their tips. And I want to know if other people are doing this better or more efficiently than I am. So
1: I do morning with the kids. They get up, Lord, pre-7 a.m. And I do their morning stuff and breakfast. And, you know, obviously with the pandemic, things have changed from month to month or at least season to season. We started this thing in spring so there was not school and now there's school and then there's not school again i do the morning stuff and then tommy takes our oldest to to school and we have a nanny thankfully for the the twins and when our oldest brooks comes home then for me i am currently editing the show with an editor And did a lot of that during this pandemic as well, but managing the day-to-day of like blacklove.com and the brand as a whole, we have a lot of digital series and events where there's shooting, but basically over Skype and Zoom. And, you know, we've done one shoot in real life over this pandemic. And so for me, it's just really building out that brand. And Tommy's focused a lot more
0: on Confluential Films. Correct. Let's take a break here. When we get back, I'll ask Tommy and Cody whether or not making a show about marriage has made their actual marriage any better. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. Ever since I started doing the Committed podcast about three years ago, people ask me if I am now an expert on marriage, if I have all the answers, if my own marriage is perfect. And then I laugh and laugh, and I tell Nick, and he laughs and laughs, and then we go to therapy. Now, since Cody and Tommy kind of do what we do on Committed, but on TV, I had to ask them the same annoying question.
1: When we do the show... And we do these interviews and we're talking to couples and we're hearing these stories and these lessons and these experiences that are often very relatable. Sometimes they're not right. There's no one way to do this marriage thing. But we find ourselves in situations where we have conversations and sometimes it's great. And we're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And sometimes it's like, man, that person just said exactly what I would like for you to understand and do. And then he's like, and vice versa, I'm sure. But then he's like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna do that. You know, and I'm like, wait, what do you mean? This person who's been married 18 years just gave you the the answer. They gave you the tools to do exactly what's needed to help us have a stronger marriage. And then that is an argument brought on by doing these interviews. So in many ways, it strengthens us. And in many ways, it can be very frustrating because we are not immediately implementing or even seeing eye-to-eye on what can help us. Tommy says, he's worded it very well, that just because we have all of the answers, right, doesn't mean it's committed to muscle memory. For me, the fact that we have done so much in our first five years, from growing our family to growing our businesses, and really being 30. Like, we got married at 30, I was 31. So just like this pivotal or one of these pivotal seasons in life where you're just growing and learning a lot about who you are and what matters to you. And so I just think that our marriage, in my opinion, has been heavily stretched. (laughs) I keep using that word, but it's funny. I really have never said it before today because we were doing so much quickly together Right. Like there was like yesterday we didn't know each other. Today we do. And all of the now we have three children and multiple projects and businesses. And it's stressful. It's exciting, but it's also stressful. And I think that we're still learning what our marriage is because we've got all these people in it now in terms of the the kids and our business. We've got all these entities that are a part of it. We have to define it outside of that. And we're, I think, just now scratching the surface on like really making space for that.
0: That brings me to my next two questions. How do you make space for each other when you guys are building so many things and you're building a family? Like, how do you make time for your marriage to emotionally support the other person to, to just to be a couple? Um,
1: ladies first. Ladies first. You know, we have to make a conscious effort to create that time. And sometimes it's brief. It's a one minute I'll walk into the garage, which is his office, and give him a wave and a smile if he is on a Zoom call, you know, or a hug. And other times it's bigger stuff like he insists on, you know, overnights and staycations right now since we're not getting on a plane and things like that, I think, are how we consciously make that time.
2: For me, my wife and the marriage is more important than everything else. It's more important than business. It's more important than the, the kids. And what I mean by that is if we're strong, they'll be good. If we're not, then there'll be problems. And so it's the thing that I care about very much. And as such, it becomes easy to carve out a little bit of time or carve out things that try to show that. I'm still figuring out what those things are and how to show up in ways that work for her. But like she said, those small things, which I really appreciate that she's been doing a lot more of and something that may not be a big gesture, but if it's, like she said, she'll just pop in and say hi, or she'll get me a super small thing, or she'll make me an egg in the morning or whatever it is. And like, those things for me matter a lot even in the midst of all the craziness, to show the other person that you care and you are thinking about them and you're doing as much as you can, given the craziness, goes a long way. And so I try to do that as much as I can and try to prioritize her and us as best I can.
0: And Cody, what are some of the little things that he does that help? Bring me food. I'm
1: always hungry and I always forget to eat and I would say really just stepping in on things I would usually do with the kids you know I love them and I love our roles with them but every once in a while I, I need a break so jumping in on those things that I would ordinarily do is one of those things that I find very fulfilling and loving.
0: What have you guys learned doing the interviews about what kinds of marriages make it and which kinds of marriages don't?
1: Go for it, you have thoughts. Okay. So in our observation, those that make it want to, meaning both people will do whatever they need to do to make the marriage work. So whether that's therapy, whether that's making changes within their day-to-day life and habits and choices, but those two people are committed to whatever is necessary to get on the other side of tension and challenges.
2: Tommy, what do you think? That's one thing where we've definitely agreed on what it really takes. Why? What
1: are you doing? I just thought that you would have said that instead of me,
2: that's all. Okay. <laughs> I agree with Goody. Oh, Lord.
3: This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. A special thanks to Cody and Tommy Oliver. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt and Tyler Klang. Mixing by Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klang. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com that's j-o at committedpodcast.com you can grab a copy of joe's book how to be married on amazon or wherever books are sold committed is a production of iHeartRadio radio and produced in our studios located in atlanta georgia for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, radio visit the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows
0: hey guys joe here